Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, I, I warned you that I had something to talk about that was not sports related. Yes. So I, as you know, as being a longtime friend, uh, am not a big fan of flying things, flying insects, what have you. <laughs> Birds. Yes, yeah, I do know that. Really, any uh-huh. anything that can fly, anything that can operate on the Z axis is a problem <laughs> for me. All right, um, all right, yeah. So, in my apartment, we've got, you know, really this like nice balcony. In fact, we've got one like in two different spots: one off the kitchen mm-hmm. and one off the living room, and, and we're on a corner unit, so it's really nice. Okay. Um, but we on. Tuesday, we're recording on Thursday. On Tuesday, we yes. had a an infestation, for lack of a better word, uh-huh. uh, on the balcony of ladybugs, which is okay. the most adorable of flying insects, <laughs> but is still a yeah. flying insect. Well, right. somehow, and I don't know how, they've managed to, I mean, I'm talking like we had dozens on our balcony. Okay. We now have about five or six that are in our apartment. Uh-huh. And I don't know how to handle that because I acknowledge that they're cute, but they still yeah. can fly and I still don't yeah. like them. Well, well, I don't know what to say. Um, I mean, it's a tragedy. It's a, it's a tragedy. And it is. A travesty. It is. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I'd probably kill them. Admittedly, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Like I, I sort of feel like once a, you know, once a bug makes its way into my domain, that they're giving up their right to life. I and I respect that. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not the only one with a vote. And when I suggested <laughs> that we vacuum cleaner attachment just suction them Hayden up, ask, yeah, 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 I got told, uh, I got told no. Well, so, so yeah, I'm ex- I don't know what to tell you on that one. Well, uh, I, so uh, my plan is, I'm gonna just wait it out. Uh-huh. And then when she's busy, I'll vacuum them up. <laughs> <laughs> and then just say they all left. Yeah. Like if she has a she she has to go run an errand tomorrow out of the apartment and she doesn't listen to the podcast, so there's no chance I'll ever okay. get caught for this. Okay. Uh, but Sounds when she's good. gone, I think I might vacuum up Yeah. some of yeah. them and just yeah. yeah. I think it's a good idea. You know, and then it's like I don't know what happened. They must have all yeah. left the same way they, they came in. They must have left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like they're not going to survive in there that long anyway. Yeah. I, I would think. I think so, it's the humane thing to do. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I don't go out and seek to kill bugs, but if they're in my house, then that's where it's going to end for them. I agree. Let's talk about sports. All right, all right. <laughs> so we texted. I want to start with what we were texting about before we got yeah. on, which is the Dodgers Padres game two of the NLDS last night, which I believe you said was a great baseball game. And I, it agree. was, it was just a, just really fun. Yeah. Just one of those games that, you know, we've, we've discussed this just in general practice about what makes baseball so great is those games where it feels like, you know, there's so much drama hanging on every pitch. And there's a few I can remember that I've been at in person. They were ASU games mostly. And then a few others I've watched on TV. And that was one that, man, it was just like you glued to your TV watching every single pitch of that ninth inning. Yeah. Well, I told you that 
as it was going, I thought that the back-to-back Machado Hosmer, when Hosmer yeah. hit it out, I thought that the Dodgers were going to blow it. I, I thought that yeah. was the end. Yeah. You know, the momentum was shifting and they came back and got two insurance runs in the bottom of the seventh. And, and that was the difference. Which proved huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was such a, it was such a fun game. I mean, even before the ninth, you had, you know, you had Kershaw pitching, which always brings a storyline. Um, I like Kershaw. You know that. I know you do too. Um, and, and when he gave up those back-to-back home runs, my, my initial thought was, please get him out of there. Uh, please don't let him, you know, blow this game. Um, cause that's been the theme. It seems like of his postseason struggles is he's pitched well and they left him in one or two or three batters too many. It seems like, uh, I remember, I think a few years ago, he pitched against the Cardinals and he pitched a pretty good game. And then he like got hammered in the sixth or seventh inning and he ends up giving up, you know, seven runs. I was like, God, you got to know when to pull the plug. Now he did get out of that inning. Those two home runs were, were the first two batters of the inning. And I think he got the next three batters out. Um, and then they did, you know, they did pull him. Then you had the uh, seventh inning with, with the, you know, Tatis getting robbed of the home run. Unbelievable catch by Bellinger. Um, and then all the drama that came after that with Machado not really liking the Gratterall. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right, but his his celebration. And then, you know, them going back and forth. And, uh, the Do- you know, several Dodgers yelling at him to get off the field and him uttering a not so nice uh, personal greeting toward the Dodgers. And uh, it was, I mean, it was just a great game of drama. And certainly the way it ended in the ninth was the perfect capper for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, remember the Dodgers spent a lot of capital to get Machado in for two months. And they did. he was disappointing. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Now they, they got, what year was that? Was that 2018 that he was there? It was 2018. That was the year the Brewers yeah. went to the NLCS. Yeah, because then they they lost in the World Series to the Red Sox, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then he went to San Diego. Which, you know, on a side note, when when he went to San Diego, I remember talking to you, talking to other people about, oh, this is going to be a disastrous move. They stink. I gotta say, you know, two years in, um, I was wrong. Uh, you know, he's done well there, and they've built a nice team there. All of us, you know, like kind of. From someone far away, I don't, you know, I don't follow them closely day in day out. Seemingly out of nowhere, they they've built a team that is very fearsome. They spent money on Hosmer, they spent money on Machado, and they've got some good young players, obviously led by Tatis. Um, and they've got a good, good, solid team um, and and a a fearsome lineup. That you know, when when you're rooting for the team that's up on them by one run, which I was. Uh, you feel like, man, this this game could slip away from you at any moment. Um, so, gotta you know, side note, gotta give him credit that, in a way, he knew more than I did, I guess, when he took that deal. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but, I, the other thing is, remember when they when they brought in Preller, he like right. immediately made a bunch of questionable moves. He he dealt yeah. Grandal to the Dodgers. Right, he right. acquired Will Myers. He dealt a bunch of prospects for Upton. He signed a yeah, big game true. James Shields contract that was yeah. never going to be worth it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like they were a franchise that was just, you know, spinning its wheels. And, and they could never quite get anything. They, You know, when they signed Hosmer, which I think Hosmer was the year before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, when they spent big money on him. And it was like, what are you doing? You got... 
you know, are you are you a young rebuilding team or are you going for it now? Um, and boy, you know, they knew what they were doing. Maybe they lucked into it. I don't know. Um, but now with this lineup and and you know some, I mean, obviously they were very aggressive this year too in the trade market. Um, you know, they've got a good team now. I mean, they're down 0-2 in this series. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but the Dodgers. Um, I mean, the the problem for the Padres is they might be the second best team in the NL, but the best team also plays in the NL West. They might. Yeah, I mean that Dodgers lineup is so loaded too. Like, I mean, I was watching last night at Austin Barnes, who's obviously from from ASU is hitting ninth, and I thought, boy, this feels kind of familiar. Austin Barnes hit ninth in a lineup of loaded hitters. Um, and and it was, uh, now the difference is Austin Barnes is a capable hitter now, too, which he really wasn't at ASU. And one of those one of those guys that will always be the lesson for me on, like, don't rule anybody out in baseball, because I never would have guessed in a million years that Austin Barnes would be a legit major leaguer, but he is. Um, but, you know, uh, it's a good team. And both, I mean, both teams, just great lineups up and down and going to be interesting because as we're talking, the Braves just finished off the Marlins and have thrown, you know, four shutouts in five games. So be interesting to see that Braves pitching, which has been unbelievably good up against whoever wins that series, because obviously both teams have great offenses. Yeah. The thing, if I'm a Dodger fan that I'm taking away from this is our hitting bailed out our pitching. And yes, you know, that that's got to give you some sense of comfort because it used to be the Dodgers postseason model was right. You know, we need a shutout or to allow right. one run. Yeah, yeah. And we need our yeah, starters to go seven. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Jansen's got to dominate in the ninth, and that's not. Yeah, I mean Jansen's not the same. No. I don't think there's any arguing that he's still okay, but he's not the same. Uh, but yeah, I mean they've got a great lineup. They've got two MVPs in the lineup. They've got uh, you know Corey Seager is is back to playing really well. Will Smith is a good hitter. Justin Turner's a great postseason hitter, especially it seems like. I mean they're yeah. they're pretty loaded and they and they're deep. I mean you know I was watching last night kind of casually early and you know Jock Peterson pinch hit like God this this guy's you know this guy's a solid hitter who's not even a, a regular starter for them. For most teams, he would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, Peterson, Muncie, Taylor. Yeah. You know, Kike Hernandez pinch hit <laughs> last night, too. I mean, he's had some great postseason games in his history. So they, they've got plenty of bats. And obviously, you know, the, the trade that they made for Mookie Betts, which, you know, we spent several months wondering if he would ever play a game in their uniform because this season was in jeopardy and he was a free agent. Well, he's playing games and he resigns and he's really good. I mean, yeah. I, I think he was, I think he was two for four last night. One of those was a line out that should have been a base hit. Uh, great play, you know, catch by Machado down the line. Um, uh, he's he's really good, and uh, you know they're they're tough. And but that's how they're going to have to win. I think. I mean, it feels like those type of games are how they're going to win the World Series if they do, because they don't have the pitching depth that they had before. Uh, you know, Bueller's had a decent year but he's battled injuries Kershaw's still good but not as great as he was and after that it's it's kind of a you know yeah, well, piece it together with it, rookies and and veterans you know but nobody real dominant yeah I mean I believe uh tonight's starter for game three is Dustin May is, that... is it I don't know I mean I know he pitched two innings out of the bullpen in game one so I wasn't sure if he was gonna be there. I don't know if they've said I mean he was good for them but he's a rookie and that Gonsolin kid I think is a rookie too and then, you know, Ross Stripling and, and Urias, who's, you know, I mean, they got good pitchers, but it's not a 
it's not a loaded rotation like it maybe has been the last few years when they've made deep runs. They feel like the kind of team that could have a bullpen day just as a like, okay, we're going to do this yeah, and then try to bring back Bueller on short rest. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a, as a note of that, and I don't know, I mean, you've, you've maybe noticed it. I'm not sure. I just realized recently that these LCS have no days off. Yeah. That's I'm fascinated new. to see how that's going to be. I mean, and I get it with no travel it, you know, there's no reason to have days off, but we're used to like LCS world series. Like, Oh, you start a guy game one and then could you bring him back for four? You know, there's not going to be any of that. I wouldn't think. I mean, the Unless idea of somebody trying to go one. one, four, seven, would be almost impossible. I mean, if you're pitching any more than maybe three innings, I don't see that. So, like the you know, if I mean, and I know the Yankees are down two one, but you know, you, the Yankees spent big money on Garrett Cole, and normally you'd think, well, you could go one and four, and that's you know, regular rest basically, or at least you know, maybe one short day rest. You know, you're not pitching Garrett Cole on two days rest in Game Four if you make it that far. Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems like you would be looking at if you wanted a guy to pitch three times it'd be one five and out of the bullpen for seven i would think so yeah yeah so i mean it's gonna be uh, i mean it's even for everybody it's not unfair or anything like that but i'm i'm fascinated to see it because never seen it you know that the traditional feeling of an lcs is you know two day off three day off two and having seven in a row potentially obviously i mean if it's a four or five game series but um, it'll be fascinating to see how teams handle their pitching if you're at you know two two and you're looking at a six or seven game series where you go from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. You know, I'm thinking about Josh Beckett in the mm-hmm. 03 World Series, mm-hmm. and it's, I just don't think you'll see anyone do that this time. Not because the LCS. Now the World Series does have days off, doesn't it? Right. Doesn't it have the traditional rhythm of two three two? But yeah, in the LCS, I, I can't see that happening. You know, it's just because why would you risk it if the guys, even if, I mean, of course, no one throws complete games now anyway. No, but, that's true. But why would you do that, you know, to take away the opportunity to do a Madison Bumgarner or Clayton true. Kershaw? I mean, the Dodgers, I think, have clinched the LCS multiple times with Kershaw on the mound out of the bullpen. Out of the bullpen, yeah, right, right, yeah. I mean, and yeah, Bumgarner had that, you know, very notable. That was World Series, but um, you know, the Diamondbacks in '01, when when you know, Schilling started one, four, and seven, Johnson started six and then pitched out of the bullpen in seven. I mean, you know, that's that's the famous postseason field, and I think you'll see some of that. But it'll be interesting to see how teams manage. Now they also have more pitchers, expanded rosters from usual. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how it'll be. I'm kind of fascinated, honestly, by it. I didn't, I didn't realize that when the schedule first came out, that these, you know, division series and championship series wouldn't have any days off built in. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, but you know, again, I get it. Um, when you're going to play every game in one location, there isn't necessarily a reason to. So. Yeah. In in that game seven, Randy Johnson went one and a third innings without allowing yeah. a base runner. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That was uh, Schilling went into the eighth, didn't he? Yeah, he Schilling went seven and a third. So here's a trivia question for you: Who picked up the one out in between Schilling and Johnson? And it wasn't so, Hyun Hyun Kim. My, oh no, it wasn't Kim. No, I remember. My memory tells me Miguel Batista, but I might be wrong. You are a hundred percent right. 
It's Miguel Batista. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I knew that that he was kind of like a you know all-purpose guy for them, basically. And I think he started one of the games in New York, one of the one of the two that, well, I guess they lost all three in New York, but one of the two that that Kim blew um, and pitched pretty well. And I thought he came out of the bullpen before Johnson. You you were right. I I would not have known that. I wouldn't have remembered. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know games three and five. I believe the starters. I cannot remember which order. I want to say game three was Brian Anderson, and game five was Miguel Batista. But I might have that backwards. Well, I have it tell up. Tell me if you're looking. I can, yeah, I can tell you. Game the game three starter was Brian Anderson. All right. Who got out dueled by Roger Clemens. Wow. And then game five, I believe you're right. It went. That was the extra inning game. It was Batista against Mucina. Batista went seven and yeah. two thirds scoreless. Mucina yeah. went eight, gave up two runs. Kim blew the save in the night. Kim blew the save, yeah, yeah. Now was that the one? So Kim blew four and five, didn't he? Yeah. So game five, he got two thirds of an inning, gave up a homer, lost in the ninth, right? So Scott Brocious. No, this is the one that went. Ex- so oh, this five is, game is five. the one that okay. went extras. Gotcha. Okay. Game four went ten innings. Also, obviously, Yankee win. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, Kim went two and two thirds, gave up two homers. I think yeah. about that also. The guy pitched two and two thirds. Yeah. And then they brought him back the next and blew the save. And back. then they brought him back. Yes. 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 That would well, never happen in today's game. Never. No. No. I, what I remember about that team was it was sort of a, a similar to you know now at the time I, I didn't have this experience but similar to what ASU baseball was under Pat Murphy where in the postseason the pitching group that was trusted shrank every day it seemed like <laughs> like they went from having a, what felt like you know okay we got you know five relievers we can count on to again by game seven who did they bring in two starters. They had pretty much no relievers they counted on. Yeah. And they brought in Miguel Batista basically to let Johnson finish warming up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because Schilling gave up the home run to Soriano, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Man, that takes me back. That was, uh, I loved the Diamondbacks back then. I really did. They were they were new and they were fun and uh, it's changed a lot, I think, since then. But good memories. Yeah. So... Otherwise, around the MLB playoffs, I, you know, I guess the Astros are probably going to advance. They got to take one of the next I two, guess. and they're up seven to four right now. I know, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. The, I really had higher hopes for the A's in this series. Um, that that you know, I thought getting over the hump of just winning that series against Chicago after losing Game One, and um, but boy, they just they just have not pitched well at all. I mean, they've had leads in, I think, every game in this series. And, and every game, then they've lost that lead. Even yesterday when they ended up winning, they fell behind by three runs. Um, just, you know, not good enough when it comes to the pitching department to win in the postseason. And all of a sudden, the Astros are hitting like they used to. Um, I mean, they didn't during the season, but now they're back to feeling like that lineup that it's like, man, there's not a lot of holes in it. Yeah, I, I did enjoy the... I think it was Carlos Correa. Well, what are people going to say about us now? I know. They'll say the same thing. It doesn't, yeah. cha- it doesn't change what you did in the past. 
No, I know. I mean, I saw Correa had a three-run homer today. I mean, it, the Astros, like, I'm not as offended by the Astros as some people are, but I'm not, you know, necessarily rooting for them. And, and I have to say, like, their success right now is the type of stuff that makes you think there is no karma in sports. Like, well, it, karma would – now Now, if they blow this lead and then they get beat tomorrow, then then I might change my tune and say, see, that was karma. 2-0 lead and you had big leads and you end up losing. But right now it's kind of feeling like there just isn't. Yeah, I, I think the karma of this, if they do, you know, win this series or, you know, advance the World Series is, yeah. well, maybe you didn't need to cheat, but well, you will forever yeah. now be referred to as cheating. Yeah, and, true. And it won't true. change that. No, it won't. No, I agree. Now, boy, would would it be, I mean, be weird because it's obviously not a home field, but <laughs> I mean, if you, if you project just a little bit ahead, a potential Dodgers-Astros World Series would be really something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Given the history, uh, that would and given what happened this season when they played, uh, wow, it would it would be juicy, no doubt about that. Yeah, it would be uh, a little bit like the end of that uh, Golden Tate Jalen Ramsey game. Yeah. I think that <laughs> yeah. whoever, whenever yeah. the World Series ends, there'll be a fight. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe, as I say, there's no karma. Maybe that's karma playing the long game on us. They're going to give the Dodgers a second swing at them, and they're going to pound them. I wouldn't mind that, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, you've got uh, the Rays leaving the Yankees 2-1 in this series. Um, yeah, yeah. The Rays after, are quietly the, just a really good team. They, they, they are. More, they are. more so than the Padres, because there was not a lot of noise in the making no. of this team. No, agree. I mean, the Padres have, like, it's it's kind of, like I said, it kind of feels out of nowhere, but they have stars. Hosmer is, a you know... In in baseball terms, a star. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are are you know. But uh, Hosmer's a gold glover. But yeah, I mean, Hosmer was a World Series winner and one of the better players on that Royals team. Machado is obviously a big name. Tatis has become a big name very quickly. The Rays don't like. I was watching the beginning of that game last night, and they put up their starting lineup, and I thought, not a one of these guys could I have even told you who they played for two weeks ago. Not one. Not. Not one single name in that lineup would I, if you had said, hey, who does Willie Adamas play for? I would have said, I don't know. Is he even a baseball player? Uh, I mean, you know, and yet they're pretty good. They've got good pitching. They've got great depth in pitching. And, uh, and, and you know, good enough hitting, it seems like. I mean, they, they uh, have hit pretty well, even against Cole. I mean, they lost game one, but they scored three runs off him and, and obviously have put up you know, plenty of offense against Happ and Tanaka the last couple nights. Yeah. I think uh, the only one on the Rays who I could have told you was G-Man Choi because the Brewers traded him there. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And see, I think I heard of Choi, maybe it was last year, maybe it was earlier this year, I don't know. But I, I heard the name and I saw he was playing first base and really my first thought was, he stopped- is that he stopped Choi back? <laughs> is he still around? Like, I really did because I'm like, you know, some of these guys will go over to Korea and then they'll come back. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember like seeing, okay, it's not him. Um, you know, but yeah, I was looking at that last night and I, and I think it's their, like, I don't think anybody was missing from their lineup last night. No. That, as I watched the intros, it wasn't like they said, Oh, this guy's out or whatever. I'm thinking I wouldn't have known a one of these guys, but here they are. They had the best record in the AL and, and uh, we'll see. I mean, the, the Yankees hitting is still scary until they're out and Stanton is just on a tear. Um, you know, when, when Stan's body, you know, allows him to play, he's a pretty good hitter. It just hasn't happened much the last couple of years. So I'm not ruling them out just yet, but 
yeah, the, the Rays are impressive. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the, the lineup for the Yankees is that kind of lineup where it's like, well, oh, yeah. any one of these guys can homer off of you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you got, when you got judge, you got Stanton, you got, um, you know, is Torres playing? I think he is, isn't he? I didn't hear his name last night much, but I thought he was, he was with, it. he's healthy again, isn't he? Yeah. Labor Torres is. Yeah. Must just not have heard him last night. I know Gary Sanchez has kind of disappeared. You know, massively struggled, it seems like, to the point where he's not even playing every day. Yeah, well, Garrett Cole loves that other guy. The other, yeah. Yeah, but then the other guy started last night, too, even without Cole. So, I I watched, I mean, admittedly, I don't follow the American League as close. Um, but I watched it the, the last game of the year, or last day of the year. They were just kind of going back and forth between games on MLB Net. They were talking about how bad Sanchez has been. I really didn't know that. But apparently, he's just been horrendous this year. Yeah, well, it was one of those things where his defense was bad and his right. effort was bad, but he could hit but the yeah, ball a ton. He mashed. And then yeah, when he exactly. couldn't hit anymore. And now he's not hitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's only, there's only so much you can do when, when uh, a guy can't hit and can't play defense. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to write them off just yet. But, you know, yeah, the, the, the spin on that has sure changed after game one. It was like, boy, the Yankees are right. They they pounded the Indians, you know, they beat them big two games, in a, you know, or put up a bunch of runs at least two games in a row. Uh, now they're beating the Rays, and look out. Well, you know, things change quick in a five-game series, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, let's pivot over. I think it's important to address what's going on with the NFL in this unfolding saga with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we we all know their game got postponed and rescheduled and impacted the Steelers. Right. Um, and now reports have come out that the team was violating the NFL rule uh, by instead of just agreeing to not meet at the stadium, went to a high school and yeah, played. Right. And the outbreak continued to spread. Uh, not for nothing, Tommy Hudson, in addition to having the coronavirus, is now suspended for PEDs. Is he really? I missed that. Yeah. Wow. I'm uh, run for him, I guess. It's a bad. It's a bad look. You're probably not going to be on a on a team with with for stuff a practice like that. squad guy. That's not a great combo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are more and more positive tests. Just like the number yeah. of ladybugs I'm seeing in my apartment right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. More and more positive tests. They are in jeopardy of having this game against. Um, Buffalo, right? Buffalo being, yeah. I mean, it's already, they're going to have to reschedule it. They're talking about moving it to Tuesday, but the Bills are scheduled to play Thursday. Bills play Thursday, right, right. So they'd have yeah, to move Thursday bad, to Saturday. Combo. Yeah. Um, at that point, so I'm seeing a, a fan swell and a reporter swell, not so much a league <clears throat> statement of, why aren't the Titans just forfeiting the game? That well, it's their and, fault. <laughs> they yeah, violated I mean, the rule by having this meeting. They, that's the thing that gets me. Like I, I was, I was not on that at all. You know, a couple days ago, because I kind of thought, boy, that sets a that sets a little bit of a dangerous precedent. Um, that you know, well, you got sick or whatever, and you forced it. Like, Ugh. but if they had rules and then they they violated those rules, and therefore they're still not able to practice, they're still not able to prepare. You know, should we should we alter the entire season because of one team? I don't think so. Um, and, and, you know, I know there were rumors, I, I don't think ever really truly established that the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, 
they went out to play golf or they went to a concert or a casino or something like that. And that's where their outbreak came from. Do, do we know that? No. But if we know this, I mean, if that can be established as true, and I don't know if it's been 100% established, but it feels like it's rather established from what I've heard. I'm not opposed to that, honestly. I don't think we should slide the entire season for one team. Like, yeah, give them a loss and, and say when you come back, you know, you're 3-1. and one. Tough luck. Or 3-2 and two if you can't come back next week. You know, we're, we're not going to continue to move along without you. Yeah, I, I guess my view on it is the game against the Steelers and redoing the schedule, I understand. Because sure, the, the NFL, sure. you know, whether you believe it or not, or I believe it or not, the NFL has said, look, this is a fact. There's going to be positive tests. We're going to have to arrange stuff. I agree. Right. right. But once you have the positive tests and they put in the ground rules to stop it from being a problem, yeah, and then your team takes actions to violate that that's on you still going yeah right. uh, no i agree I, I mean that's my thought is should we continue to be sliding like i mean my, my thought is sort of like why are we waiting on this right now why are we going to make the bills play on tuesday and then saturday and uh you know and then the chiefs would have to play saturday and and uh, i mean I, I just i'm thinking like you know what if you can't play this week then that's an l for you now, apparently, and this seems bizarre that the Players Association would have agreed to this, but there's question of if they do a forfeit, do the players get paid? Meaning the other team, like the Bills, would the players get paid? I, I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't, but apparently there's some question about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that he absolutely... I mean, the Bills should. Yeah, I it's absolutely not their, not their fault. Right, right. You know, um, now, I mean, if you're the... You know, it's one of those things, I suppose, if you're the Patriots and you're thinking, now, wait a minute, why are the Bills getting a free win? You know, we might be chasing them for the playoffs and you're going to hand them a free win. But, I mean, it ain't their fault. And I just, I don't, you know, I'm not opposed to the idea, we talked about this last week, of if you have to, you, you you know, you move the postseason back a week or two and you make up games at the end. I'm not opposed to that if, it, if it's needed. But I don't think it's needed because of one team. If that one team can't do what they were supposed to do to at least quell this after a few days, which it looked like it was. They had two, you know, didn't they have two consecutive days of no positive tests? I'm like, well, all right, we're on track here. Things are looking up. And now they're not. And one could probably trace that back to the fact that they may have exposed each other. Like, should we continue to slide everything back just because of that? I don't know. Well, and look, I'm open to the idea. I don't think it'll ever get off the ground now. But I'm open to the idea of if you want to say, look, we're we are taking week 10 off week. Every, yeah. the, the week 10 games are going to be played week 11 and everyone's getting yeah. that off. And if we have to make up games, we're going to do it there. That's a thought, too. I suppose. You know, just, just move everybody just back. Put a yeah. break in the schedule because, yeah. look, it test out the second buy anyway. You're everybody. This true. is the time to experience. Everyone anyway. wants to yeah. do that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's. There's ways to do it, and I think if, um, you know, if, if it was the team that, you know, just had this, like, again, I'm not opposed to what they did with Tennessee last week. I think that was smart. You know, you, you do what you got to do. You readjust. Um, you know, I know Roethlisberger wasn't happy about it, but tough luck. You know, there's going to be things that people aren't happy about this, this year. Um, but, you know, I, I think doing it for a second consecutive week seems unnecessary. And moving, you know, I mean, look, Chiefs, Bills on Saturday night, I suppose, but then you're competing against college football. And 
there's good college football next week too. So why why would you want to do that? Why I mean, why are you sacrificing some of your own, you know, business because the Titans can't follow the rules? Yeah, I think. Well, and I also think, is it an extreme stance? Yeah, but send the message. Tell right. you know. You, that's what they did with the coach fines. Yeah. I mean, that was extreme. Like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, so, yeah. I mean, if you want to send a message to, you know, that, hey, these are the rules and you better follow these rules or else, well, losses send a message. You know, not forfeiting a fourth-round pick. I mean, I'm sure that sends a message, but it doesn't send a message immediately. Um, and, you know, to the active players, they're probably thinking, yeah, go ahead, forfeit that fourth-round pick. That gives me one better chance I can stay on the roster. Um, you know, so yeah, take away, take away a win. And, and then if they miss the playoffs by a game, they're like, whoa, that sucks. Shouldn't have done that. Or if they're on the road in round one, because they lost the division by a game. Yeah, that sucks. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And I, I think it's appropriate. Like we have rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's the, yeah. Like, you know, this is going to happen and I don't think they're the last team that, that will have this happen. I mean, we're, we're, you know, this is this is the world we're in. It's affected every country around the world, um, and it's gonna. But when it's when it's being extended because of your own, you know, not following what was what you were told to do, that to me is where I'm I'm out of patience with it. And like you know, okay, I would I would start chalking up losses. Mm-hmm. And if they can't play next week, that's another loss. I don't know who they're supposed to play next week, but tough luck, and good luck for the team who doesn't have to play. I guess. Yeah. Um, Matt, the Pac-12 is circling a return as the NFL is crumbling before our very eyes. Well, I don't know about crumbling. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's still going, but uh, but yeah, the Pac-12 is is we've got a schedule, a third version, but we've got it. The the preseason media poll came out, and. There were 38 total voters. Yeah. 35 picked Oregon to win the North. 32 picked or- or USC to win the South. ASU got two first place votes. They are the number two media poll team yeah. for the South. They also got one vote to win it all and win the conference. Yeah. So Does it seem head-scratching? That, that I mean, does it seem like maybe just sort of a lazy pick that USC is an overwhelming pick? I mean, what... What does USC have to make it seem like, oh, well, they're the clear favorite? Am I missing something? I mean, they lost their top wide receiver option. Right. When Pittman right. left. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, did they did they get, like, I mean, they were good last year, and, and I know Slovis was good, but so was Jaden Daniels. I'd, I'd argue that um, Slovis put up better numbers, but it's also a different offense. It's an offense that's designed to have the quarterback put up massive numbers. Um I'd argue that Daniels was just as good as Slovis. Yeah. And so I really, I mean, I hate to be that guy who's like, you know, oh, you're just disrespecting us. I don't think it's disrespect. I, I think it's just kind of like, you know, well, I guess USC. I mean, why? Why are we convinced that USC, USC's last game, admittedly bowl games are, eh, you can't read the whole lot into them, but they got trashed by Iowa. Uh, couldn't get, you know, couldn't get Iowa off the field. Um, they were underachievers in the Pac-12 last year. Like, I mean, Clay Helton is still Clay Helton. Like, what is it about USC that's making them the overwhelming favorite? That's something that I'm not seeing. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think if you if you put 
you know, everything about USC and put it in a Utah uniform, they wouldn't have gotten 32 first place votes. Let's put it that way. I'm, I'm thinking that you're right. I'm curious about the four first place votes for Utah. Cause I, I really believe that the consensus was USC and us. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, but then, but then I can flip it if I'm a Utah guy and I can say, Hey, they've won the division two years in a row. Now I know they lost Tyler Huntley and they lost Zach Moss. And you know, I mean, it's not the same exact team, but they've been the best team in the division two years in a row. Shouldn't they, you know, isn't it sort of that Ric Flair uh, to be the man, you got to beat the man type of thing. Like, like, shouldn't they go in as, as the favorite kind of sort of, I, I suppose, I don't know. I, I just think that the talent that we've amassed over the last couple of years and yeah. that USC always has, on paper, we should always be better than Utah. You we know? should. We should, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and look, I'm going to just say it right now. Barring some unforeseen happenings in the next month, my expectation is that ASU should win the division. I believe that. I really do. This is this was supposed to be a special year. Um, so far, we've you know, and, and that's why I say unforeseen. So far, we haven't lost anybody that's really significant. Um, you know, we haven't had any opt outs or anything like that that I'm aware of. At least of, of you know key guys, maybe somebody down the roster. Um, you know, but why not, man? We've had and as we talked about. I don't think we were still recording last week, but you know, we've had a chance to still work out that other teams haven't. And that should be an advantage. We also got some spring practice in that other teams didn't. That should be an advantage. So I feel like this is the year to do something. And if it's because USC and UCLA were at a competitive disadvantage because they couldn't practice, so be it. You know, yeah. yeah. We were at a competitive disadvantage when USC was paying their players. Exactly, yes. We've been at a competitive disadvantage against USC since we joined the Pac-10, now 12, because it's USC. And that's how that works. So, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I will not feel bad uh, if that comes to pass. I will not think, well, this is sort of a, yeah, who cares? Uh, if we win this division, we've earned it. And I believe that's my expectation for this team. Honestly, I kind of expect more than that. I, I, I expect, I guess, is a bad word, but I think we can win the conference. I really do. Why not? Oregon doesn't look as fearsome as, as they seemed. And we beat them uh, last year. We beat him last year. Yeah, you know, and, and now I, I know Oregon got one guy back that had opted out one of their corners, mm-hmm. and I heard, you know, just the you know the usual, like, well, there could be some other good news for Oregon coming soon, so I don't know if they're going to get another guy or two back that Justin was supposedly Herbert, opting out. Justin Herbert's <laughs> got no more eligibility, I think, uh, he since not. he's now no, named the starter no, of the Chargers, though. So. He is, he is, yes. I'm, I'm curious who their quarterback will be. Will it be the, the kid from Hamilton, or will it be uh, they got Anthony Brown, the transfer from BC? Um, but, you know, I like, who knows? I mean, I know it's a weird year, and I know, you know, it, it sounds weird about anybody, maybe unless you're an Alabama fan or a Clemson fan or Ohio State or something like that, to say, I expect greatness this year because it is such a bizarre year. You haven't had a usual offseason. You know, we're starting the season in November. Um, but I kind of do. Like, I, I expect this team to be pretty darn good. And I look at that. I mean, we talked about it last week and who we'd get for our cross-division opponent. Cal's a good team, but it's not Oregon. And it's a home game. And it's and week so two, like, and they don't yeah. get to practice that much. 
Right. So we get to start with USC and Cal, two teams that will certainly be at a at a disadvantage at least based on the offseason. And now that doesn't mean they can't win. I'm not at all saying that, but we should have a built-in advantage based on what we've been able to do versus what they've been able to do. So that seems like a good chance now. And then we've got what a road game at at uh, Colorado. Yep. Which could be tricky. That could be a tricky weather game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know, then three straight games in the state, so shouldn't have any weather issues. Uh, we get Utah at home. You know, it's like I'm looking at that schedule and I'm thinking. Why not? Uh, you know, uh, why not? Now, that doesn't mean it will happen, but I do have fairly high expectations. I don't know if, if those are yours as well. They are, and obviously we'll get to our game-by-game game a little closer yes. to the year. But yes. if, we beat the, if, we, if we beat the odds and go in to L.A. and beat USC, yeah. then I kind of think we should run the table. Yeah. I do too, and and I honestly, I mean, now I could eat these words. You know, we could we could be talking on Sunday, November eighth, and I could say, boy, I wish I hadn't said that. But I don't think going to USC is that imposing. Well, there's no crowd. There's no crowd, and I just don't think USC's that good. Like I really don't. Now maybe I'm maybe I'm missing something. Maybe because I didn't do my usual, you know, off-season that I normally do where I look at rosters and depth charts and and I'm following spring practice reports and I, you know, but I'm I'm just, I'm remembering what I saw from them last year and I'm thinking, did they get a a transfusion of big-time talent that I don't know of? I don't think so. Um, And and so you're going off the fact that Slovis is a good quarterback, and he is, and he he shredded us last year, no doubt about it. but, you know, like looking around, I, I just don't think that's that good of a team. Yeah. It's a good team. I'm not saying they're going to stink, but I, I don't look at them and think like, oh, this is, you know, Matt Leiner era USC or even Matt Barkley era USC. Like, I'm like well, yeah, it's okay. They're, they're good. Could they win the division? Sure. Are the overwhelming favorites? I don't think so. Yeah, but this team, this ASU team, is that good? We are. I think they can be. Yeah. I really do. I mean, and I read um, Haller's thing yesterday about, you know, four reasons they'll win the division and four reasons they won't. Was, you know, he made some good points. The the Maybe I'm underestimating it, but the whole thing of like, you know, well, there's no experience in the backfield. How much experience do you really need to carry a football? I mean, and that's not to knock Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin's a great player. But if these two freshmen are really good, you put them in the game and you say, take the football and run it. Like it's, it's not being the quarterback. That's a little bit different. The middle linebacker or something like that, you know, running back, you got to pick up protections. But aside from that, it's take ball, run with ball. Like, you know, that's why freshmen are good all the time. We see it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably oversimplifying a bit admittedly, but you know, running back experience is not something I worry about that much. Ultimately. No, which hole do you go find? Yeah. yeah. Hit that. And so hole. if these two kids are good, and then I guess we got a Juco kid too, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, okay, they've never had a Pac-12 carry. Well, they will on November 7th. And once they get in the game, you know, it, you know, should be like all the football they've played their entire life. Yeah. You know, what? find the hole and, and go. Um, you know, we'll see. But these two freshmen were both highly touted. So I feel like, you know, we should feel yeah. okay about that. Highly touted, complimentary pieces, 
And yes. look, Bush and White at right. USC, you you can make it work with young yeah. backs oh, yeah. right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, there's, you know, every year it seems like there's a handful of true freshman running backs that are like, well, these guys are good. Um, you know, now the key is, and that's, you know, you can say this, you can say, what year is this that we're talking about this? The key is that offensive line. And what year is it? Every year between 2004 and 2020 for an ASU fan, it feels like. Um, and probably dating back to further than that. You know, if the offensive line is good, then there should be no limitations on this offense. You got a good quarterback. You got a, a good, you know, couple of young running backs. You got a bevy of receivers, mostly unproven, but still a bevy of talented guys. Um, and so if the offensive line holds up, it should be a pretty good offense. And defensively, I think we should be pretty good. And that's why I say my expectation is win the division. Because how many years do we do this, you know, season look ahead and we can't say what I'm saying right now? We can't say, well, we should be good on both sides of the ball. Many years we've not been. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this team should be good. I'm For me, the thing I'm curious about is we're putting in a new defense. Sure, sure. And what are we going to get from this linebacking core? Because right. it, it, it all starts there for me. I, I know that everyone loves to talk about uh, Jack Jones and Chase Lucas yeah. in, in the secondary. Yeah. If the linebacking core is not good, we're not good. The, the, I agree. You know. and, the, and the pass rush, which kind of goes maybe somewhat hand-in-hand hand with what you're saying, but we, we've got to be a better pass rushing team. Because you're right, Chase Lucas, Jack Jones, that's all well and good. But the way the way the the way football is played now at the college and pro level is you've got to have a decent pass rush. You give quarterbacks and receivers enough time, and they will pick you apart, or you will get penalties. That's just a fact. There's you know shut down corner is a very rare thing anymore. Um, and so you know we got to get some pass rush that struggled last year. It was and and having a resurgence from Merlin Robinson or Robertson, I should say would be very helpful because he was a good pass rusher as a freshman and kind of disappeared last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a wrecking ball as a freshman. Yes. And yes. last yes. year it was milk carton time. A couple of yeah. years. Yeah. Know? I mean, that's, that's a, a good way to put it. There were just, there were entire games that went by where you thought, did he play? And, and that was not the case his freshman year. Like, his freshman year, it felt like, you know, he was consistently in there. He was getting getting pressures. He was getting sacks. He was getting interceptions. He was forcing fumbles. Big hits and on running backs up the middle. Yes, yes. You know, like, it's a it's a hard thing to put statistically. Because I don't know if his stats really, really regressed that much from freshman year to sophomore year. But it's just a feel thing. It's a, it's a feel of, of people like you and me who watched – almost every game, or at least the games we could. Um, and, and and you just didn't see him much. You just didn't hear his name much. Um, and I, I hope that that gets back to his freshman year because freshman year he looked like, you know, he could be a, an All-American type player. And that last year was just kind of a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Darian Butler should, yeah. should be – a good play. I mean, like, he's been very I, I, solid. Yeah, for us. I was gonna yeah. say he's one of those guys, and we we talked about it. You know that the defense has had these guys before. Solid yeah. guys, where if you don't see them miss something, you can assume they did their job right. 
Yep. Yep. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's solid. I, I worry a little bit, you know, I read Haller's story and it's a great potential story, but I worry a little bit that, you know, we're putting our eggs in the pass rush basket of Tyler Johnson, a guy who was so injured that he, he retired from football after the bowl game and then decided to change his mind. Like that concerns me a touch um, because, you know, can you depend on him to be healthy? Haven't been able to so far. No. Uh, yeah. Again, great story if it works out. I mean, if he, if he you know, starts every game and has, you know, five sacks, and like, man, what a story. This guy was ready to give up. It's the type of stuff that you see on college game day. This guy was ready to give up on football, and he gave it one more try, and look at the magic he's producing. The reason you see it on game day is because nine times out of ten, it doesn't work out. Yeah, because it's so uh, rare. So when it does, it's awesome. You know, so yeah, we'll see. So when game day comes to USC virtually. Yeah, uh, and who knows? It could. Then we'll have, I mean, the thing I'm curious about is when, if ever, do, do Pac-12 teams return to the rankings? You know, because we've, we've been sort of maxed yeah. out. That's true. Since That's the true. Preseason. I mean, um, I know they let Big Ten teams back in. Mm-hmm. I would think they would consider Pac-12 teams again soon because uh, they didn't wait for the Big Ten to start. But that, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I guess we, over here on the sidelines, can just hope everyone loses momentum and that if we go 7-0, and that that's enough. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's going to be – it's already a fascinating talking point. We haven't – we haven't even gotten close, but would a would a seven and zero Pac twelve team, whoever it is, uh, you know, how do you measure that up against, let's say, uh, what the SEC is playing ten games plus the championship game? Uh, let's say you got a, let's say for example you got Florida or Georgia, one of whom would not make the championship game, and they go eight and two mm-hmm. uh, against an all SEC schedule. That's going to be an interesting debate if we're having that. You know, like if it comes comes down to, boy, should we put a, you know, a third SEC team in or a second SEC team versus a Pac-12 team that only played seven games? It's going to be hard for me to argue in favor of the Pac-12, unless that Pac-12 team is just so good you can't ignore it. Well, and I saw somebody tweeted this, and I can't remember who. It was, a you know, a color commentator, talking head guy. Yeah, yeah. More so than... The computer era or any other era, style points are going to matter this year. Yes. And, and you oh, yeah. and you just need to run it up if you can. Yes, yes, yes. Agreed. I mean, a Pac-12 team needs to go seven and zero and look really good in doing it. Like seven and zero, but a handful of wins on you know a last-second field goal or something like that. That ain't going to get it done. Yeah, but if you're outscoring opponents by two touchdowns. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, you know, it it also, I mean, this is one place we're at a disadvantage. Look, I'm going to put this caution in there right now. If we're 7-0, it's a good problem to have. And I'm not assuming we're going to go 7-0. But we're at a disadvantage in that we're not starting with with a great amount of preseason hype. Like, Oregon is the team that probably has the best chance. Because Oregon was preseason top 10, I think, or close Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And actually, now that you you triggered my reaction already we are eligible for rankings again there's only one team in the top 25 that's why we're not seeing it Uh. oregon is number 12 in this week's top 25 so we are in there but that's the thing is you know somebody if it's not oregon somebody is really going to have to you know knock everybody's socks off with how good they are because they're likely going to start unranked or 
maybe at the 20, maybe USC or somebody, you know, by the time they start crawls into the twenties. Yeah. I, I didn't even, I just skipped right over Oregon when I was looking. Yeah. Oregon's 12. USC is second of others receiving votes in the AP. Utah got some votes. We got five votes. Washington got four. I think that's it for the Pac-12. So not a lot. But, uh, you know, somebody's going to have to be very impressive. Because really, I mean, if you know, we're not talking about the traditional SEC where, oh, you got a two-loss team, but they had, you know, three cupcakes in their out-of-conference schedule. This is all SEC. So that's got to be weighed in if a team, I mean, if you're Florida or Georgia and you go 8-2, and two, maybe you miss out on the SEC title game. That's a pretty good run. Or not, let's say 9-1. and one. Let's say they both go 9-1. and one. one goes to the title game, one doesn't. That's going to be a pretty good argument that you probably belong. Yeah. It also depends on what happens with the other, obviously. You know, the ACC looks good so far, too. Like, we've, we've kind of gotten used to, oh, it's Clemson and a bunch of nobodies. doesn't appear that way so far. Yeah, Miami looks good. Miami looks good. North Carolina, you know, I, I think North Carolina might be a touch overrated at number eight in the country, but they look pretty good. Notre Dame is obviously in the ACC this year. So, I mean, the ACC's got four teams in the top eight right now. A little misleading, granted, that, you know, there hasn't been any Big Ten or Pac-12 football yet. But still. Still no, impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we'll see. Now we'll see about, you know, Miami plays Clemson this week. So that'll be an interesting, like, are they, are they really that good? Uh, if they go in there and win, then they got to take them very seriously, I think. Yeah. Uh, if they win, they are that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if they take down the, the kings of the conference for the last few years, then they deserve all the credit they get. If they play very well, even a loss might not totally knock them out of the picture. Good point. Because you're playing enough games that people will forget. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the ACC's got 11 games with a 10-game conference schedule, so... That has to be factored in. I mean, like it, it just does when you're when you're weighing the the pros and cons at the end with this committee. You know, if a team plays eleven games and has one loss versus a team that played seven and has none, I mean that's that's not an equal level. So just the losses alone shouldn't be the determining factor. I agree. Well, we're going to talk through all of these different machinations, uh, and we'll come back with our preview of the ASU yes, season. Plus, maybe we'll talk indeed. about some of the old seasons still because we're not close to done with that. We still got some time before the season, and then we'll, we'll probably pick that up again in the offseason, maybe. Indeed. Until next time, though, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.